Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we continue our second class in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha. Um, I sent out the link uh, earlier this morning to yesterday's first class. I don't know if you got that or you've heard it yet. But okay, anyway, you'll get a chance to catch up on that. Uh, this is the second class, and we're going to continue on page Chaf Zion in the chapter that's called, it's the introductory chapter called Noam Shabbos, the delight of Shabbos. That Shabbos is called an oneg, a delight, and that is really the goal of Shabbos to delight in the Shabbos, and that delight comes from the revelation of the light of Hashem that shows us that although during the six days of the week, it appears that the world is not run by a creator, but on Shabbos, that light comes and removes all the klipos, all the shells, and lets us know that Hashem is the one who's totally in charge. And that's the idea of Shabbos being me'olam haba, is a taste of the world to come, because in the world to come, we see that perfection and have that tremendous pleasure of knowing that all of reality is based on Hashem. So with that uh, review, we go on to page Chav Zayin in subcategory Dalid, which is called Ha'emes Nimtseis Tamid, the truth is always found, Umiskali Shabbos, and is revealed on Shabbos. So again, I will just orally give over what the text is saying. And the, the author is telling us that this truth, that the light of Hashem gives light to everything in the world, and there is no other reality, this is a constant truth. It's always true. That truth never changes. But sometimes that truth is covered up from the eyes of the people who are created. And then there's a place for them to make a mistake and think that the creation is an independent reality, and God forbid, as if it has its own powers outside of Hashem. So the truth never changes, but people's perception of the truth can change. The footnote below, I'll speak out, says, and this great mistake causes people to fall into doing sins and to following after their lusts. Why? Because when a person sees that there appears to be some kind of pleasurable taiva, a pleasurable lust, a person is likely to follow it. However, if he merits to remember that there's a concept of ain od novado, there's no other reality but Hashem, he understands it's not worth it to go after the lusts of the Yetzirah because it's only a mirage, and falseness, as Shlomo Melech tells us that we should not stray after the tasty things that are really just disappointing breads. And the question is, why is King Shlomo saying that the lusts of the Yetzirah are disappointing us? Because the answer is, he says, the truth is there is no power of good outside of Hashem. The only power is Hashem. The only good comes from Hashem. And therefore, if you only, only by going after the will of Hashem, will the person find the good and will be good for him. 
It's no way that an Avera will give a person true pleasure and goodness. And if a person thinks any way other than that is going to be making a mistake. Okay? So therefore, if it's a taiva that Hashem does not sanction, it cannot be good. I, you may ask, so what's it doing there? It could be to be testing you, to be using it in a limited way, not in a greater way. But you have to realize, if you don't believe that everything exists from Hashem, the affair, I might as well just enjoy the pleasure. But if Hashem tells us not, then we're knowing it's not going to be pleasurable for us. Hashem saying it's not good. And if it's not good, it won't work. Second mistake is a person will now get used to conducting his life based on what nature dictates. And one of the apparent false rules of nature is that your efforts do create the results, which is not true. It's just uh, an, an appearance of that. And if, they, if you think that, though, then you're going to make excessive effort that you don't need to make. And more than that, you'll have worries, concerns, and pressures. Why? Because you forget that everything comes from Hashem and Hashem is doing everything. And everything we're doing is just as a shliach of Hashem, as a messenger of Hashem. So there's no point, no benefit in excessive effort. And nothing to be afraid of in the world because no one has any power to hurt a person or help a person except for Hashem. Okay? If you believe that everything is run by Hashem, then how much money you're going to make is decided by Hashem. He doesn't need you to work so hard for that. You don't have to be afraid that things won't work out because whatever happens will be for the good for you. And you don't have to feel stressed. Now, why? And that's the truth. So why does a person forget the truth? And he falls into this mistake because the truth is concealed that the infinite light is being concealed and Hashem's reality is hidden. So if we don't look in it with any depths, it would appear to a person that the world is totally run by nature. It would appear as if there are forces of man. Man has the ability to change things because the nature is a, a, a tool in man's hands. But they're making a mistake. Nature is a tool in Hashem's hands. And that's where the stress comes in. That's where we do things we shouldn't be doing. Ah, so now when Shabbos comes, that's when the truth is revealed. And the souls feel it and they grasp that concept, everyone according to their level. And when a person sees the inner truth, then all the concealments lose their values and they're nullified and a person is filled with emunah. That's the major point over here. Okay, once that on Shabbos Kodesh, the true light illuminates and nullifies all of the concealments and it is clear to all that everything is just from Hashem and what's clear to all that the creation is only a tool to reveal the light of Hashem and it has no independent reality. And everything that appears to have its own strength and power, it's not really their power. 
but Hashem giving them their power and illuminating within them and reveals and 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 it reveals the light in their way, and they only become like a conduit of Hashem. That's the truth that comes out. And therefore, in the footnote, Vav, it says, therefore, Shabbos is called the day of Menucha Vishalva, of rest and tranquility. What does it mean, rest and tranquility? Is it merely physically not doing any work? And where is that tranquility coming from? The answer is, once you have the recognition and the understanding that everything only comes from Hashem, then you will merit for that tranquility and that rest. You are now confident and happy that you know that everything's in Hashem's hands and He is only going to do the best that can be done. And when do we come to that reality? When the klipos fall away from the light of Hashem, from the light of Shabbos. So therefore, that's the menucha. You're not stressed. You say, you know what? Everything I've been working on this week, it doesn't really matter. What am I stressing myself if it's going to work or not? Hashem will decide if it works. And therefore, Shabbos not only is called menucha, but Shabbos is called shalom. It's called peace. Why is it called peace? Because people can have peace between each other. Why do people fight with each other? Because we figure, oh, this guy's my competition. This guy did something bad to me. But if you realize that everything is through the power of Hashem and no one can hurt you unless Hashem wants it to happen, so why should you be afraid of anybody? You have no one to get angry at. You have no one to be jealous of. If somebody did something to you, as Hashem wanted that to happen and that person was the vehicle, the shliach of Hashem to make that not good thing happen, so what are you getting angry at? You're getting angry at Hashem for deciding to do this? So therefore, there's shalom between people. And as we spoke about in last night's Parsha class, how do we react? We react that we take it personally and we identify the personal. We just decide what has to be done. Same idea. When Hashem decides what has to be done, you just do what has to be done. You know, uh, sometimes, for example, I'll give you an example that can tend to frustrate people. But if you understand that Hashem is doing all this, it doesn't frustrate you. Let's say you're in the midst of a busy day, a very busy day. There's a lot on the plate. And then a person asks you to do something for him. And he needs you to do it immediately for them. You know, they, they need to, to get something done. You know, a lot of times people ask a letter from a rabbi. They need it because to be able to make aliyah. Now, that person most likely knew they needed the letter months ago. But for some reason, they forgot about it. And they remembering hours before they need it. And then they email you that they need the letter. And they're emailing you at a time where it's not convenient for you to create and draft the letter. So what is your reaction? Well, if you're working with Teva and you think the world runs on its own, you can be very upset. Because what might be your first reaction? The person knew months ago that, that they needed this letter. So why are they asking me in the last minute and now 
a person may show his insecurity by saying, you know, and it's and if I don't do it, it'll make me look bad. People are going to say, listen, what does the rabbi do all day? And the one time I asked him to do something, he's not doing it. Yeah, but you asked him, did you bother to find out if he might be busy? Maybe he does do things. And maybe he doesn't have the time to do it. So you're putting the rabbi in a difficult situation. Now, if the rabbi, if he looks at these people working independently, and it's nothing to do with Hashem, then the person is going to, the, the rabbi or the person is going to get upset. Why did you have to ask me last minute? And then what do we do? We attack the person. We say, couldn't you have asked earlier? So why, why do I have to feel bad that I'm not getting you results immediately? Why don't you feel bad that you didn't think about asking me till the last minute? That's one way of looking, and that can create stress. Because now you got another thing to do. If, on the other hand, you understand that everything happens in this world because Hashem wants it to happen that way. So what does Hashem want from you in this situation? Hashem is saying, I know you're busy today, and I know that you know it, it's, it's not fair to you that a person's asking you in the last minute. I understand that. But guess what? I'm the one that caused them to forget. I'm the one that caused them not to think about it. And therefore, I want you to do this. Now, happily, and not to stress over it. And if you honestly can't do it, you could say to them, I can't do it. Oh, you're afraid they're going to get upset at you? What are they going to do? They're going to yell and scream at you? Or if, if you really can't do it, you really can't do it? Why? What are you worried what they're going to say? They're going to spread lush and horror about you? You have to understand it all comes from Hashem. And if you want to do it, that means you stay up an extra 20 minutes. Because, of course, whenever you want to print out the letter, the computers don't work. And you try one computer, it doesn't work. Another printer doesn't work. It ends up being a half an hour like it does for me often. So what did Hashem want? Hashem says, this is your shalichus. Do you choose to do the shalichus or not? And that's what Shabbos is supposed to remind you about. When you go back over the activities you did during the week and you can reframe them, you looked at a situation at the time when you're caught in the middle of a situation on a Monday night, and the world seems to run on its own, then you could tend to feel flustered and frustrated and say, why do people always wait to the last minute to ask me these things? It's like you're feeling, you know, they don't consider me important. We could have, and it's bringing out all our insecurities and all the pressures that come with this. But then comes Shabbos and you remember the light shines and says, you know what? Everything that happened this week was the will of Hashem. Nobody was, was, was being uh, careless. It could have been the most uh, competent person, but Hashem made them not competent to forget to ask. So then what was the purpose? It was to see how I would react. Am I a true Eved Hashem? Do I know that Enon Milvado or do I not? And how did I react? And if I was yelling and screaming at the person, then I guess I didn't do such a good job. And now with the message of Shabbos, maybe I'll learn the next time to do better. And if I did keep my control, and, you know, that's nice, 
but you have not yet touched upon the level that you should be reaching. You should be ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. Serve Hashem with joy. How can I be with joy? This person's made me stay up another half an hour. Sometimes I can't get to that special request when it's like till like midnight and I can't go to sleep. And then I'm saying, oh, Hashem, what are you doing to me? Hashem says, this is Dafka, what I want you to do. And then you'll have Simcha in all this. Okay. So this is the idea that Shabbos is not just Menucha between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu and your relationship with Hashem, that that will take away all your anxiousness and your um, uh, fears, but also create shalom between Jews, that they're going to realize that the Jew doesn't really mean to hurt you. And also a third aspect is that Shabbos is the time for Oneg delight even in the physical realm. What kind of delight in the physical realm? Is it the delight of overeating and eating like a chaser, like we do during the week? I hope not. I, there's such wonderful food on Shabbos. I know it's very hard to hold back. But the answer is, because if the light of Shabbos is revealing the essence of everything, so we understand that the, that good food is not an independent source of pleasure that is not at all connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather on Shabbos you have a chance of looking at the same chicken you ate the other six days in a week and to look at it today as saying, this is the unmitigated will of Hashem that's showing His love to me that there's yummy chicken for me to eat. And therefore, I remember that truth and now when I eat the food, I'm celebrating the delight of Hashem who cares for me. And now you feel that spark in the food itself. So this is where the light of Shabbos will help us in three ways when it is revealed. It will cut down on our anxiety about life in general. It will increase and promote shalom between people because I won't blame the people for this. And it will allow me to enjoy the Gashmias in the proper way. The author continues. He says that Shabbos is the situation, the most perfected situation in creation. Because that's where you see HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any of the concealment. And therefore, in footnote Zion, he says that the Shechina HaKadosh which is also referenced as the Kala, the bride, or the Malka, the queen, is revealed on Shabbos Kodesh, as we say, Bowie Kala, Bowie Shabbos Malkasa. Kala comes, Shabbos Malkasa come, in a way that we understand that the Shechina and the Shabbos is one thing mamish. Why? Because what is the concept of the Shechina? What is the concept of Shechina? We talked about this so many times. It is the divine light that rests and is revealed within the creation and sustains and directs it. And that's in a palpable way. That's the Shechina. When you look at this world and you sense Hashem is that. Now when that's covered from our eyes and we don't know who's running the world, that's called the Shechina is in Golis. The Shechina is in exile because it's being concealed by the Klippas and it's concealing and contradicting the truth and it's fooling people and they're going to say, why should I worry about Hashem? He's not doing anything. 
But on Shabbos, when the infinite light clearly uh, illuminates with strength, so now, as we say in Kabbalah Shabbos, we say, Kumi me'afor, get up from the dirt. What does it mean, get up from the dirt? Get up from the time of concealment and reveal yourself. And that's what that's what the whole Kabbalah Shabbos is about, the Dodi, is to realize that all the concealments of Hashem are meant to be broken through on the Shabbos. And that's when the Shekhinah reveals itself and is glorified. And to understand that, that uh, you have gotten out of the concealment of the six days of the week, again, as we say, arouse yourself from the dust, get up. And secondly, more than that, it's an elevated existence where our vision is on that illumination and it becomes deeper and deeper as we then conclude that line in um, Kabbalah Shabbos leave she bidesi farteich kumiori enclose yourself in the glory glorious clothing and get up and illuminate that's what we are able to have okay back to the main text now, of course, we understand that the real perfect revelation is only going to be in Olam Haba. But still in all, once a week at Shabbos Kodesh, we have this Me'ain Olam Haba, a taste of the world to come, and we can merit this more and more and more. Because every Shabbos is illuminated the, the light of the infinite God to every Jew according to his level. And through that power of the revelation of this true light, we're able to go out of the mistake that the physical, natural world can present to us, and we enter into the world of truth to live with the truth of the infinite light that there's nothing else but Hashem, and every part of creation is incorporated within that. And footnote Ches adds, and we're able to comprehend on Shabbos that there's no contradiction at all between the higher world and the lower world. But rather, it's one world. The higher world is the world that we know Hashem is running everything. The lower world appears to be the world that Hashem is not running anything. And people say, well, if, if you're up in the heavens, you're not part of planet Earth. And you're planet Earth, you're not part of the heavens. But no, we say there's no contradiction. It's all one. Because the creation is just the revelation of the infinite light of Hashem. The creation is God's tool to reveal His uh, power in the lowest of places, as we will learn more later on in this Sefer. And of course, this understanding has many levels. And as a Jew ascends, he merits to understand more and more about this unity of Hashem and to feel more of Enod Melvado. But as much as we grow in every Shabbos, we can grow a little more, a little more, a little more, but we're never going to hit the end goal until we get into Olam Habo. That next world will have total perfection. And this revelation in a weekly um, basis the holy books call this Orisa da Tikostima. It's the deep revelation that's so deep in the Torah HaKedosha. 
And when you understand this, you're going to see there's no contradiction between the truth that there is nothing but Hashem and the reality of things that exist. But we're going to come to the understanding, as the Navi says, Hashem Hashem will will be a glory will be made lofty as being the one alone on that day when Olam Haba reality exists. In other words, the idea of Shabbos is the idea of total unity. And on the one hand, we see a world that says there is no God. On the other hand, spirituality tells us there is a God. So what is it? The answer is it's one. That whatever we see is just the clee that fills in everything that Hashem is pouring into it. And that becomes the critical point that Shabbos brings us. Okay, that ends subsection Dalit. We move on to subsection Hey, which is called Hiskalos Hazos, this revelation, Murgeshes Bineshama, is only felt in the soul. Okay, so he now continues and says that even on Shabbos, where his Hashem's revelation, the proper reality is shown to everybody, but it only is absorbed in the inner level of the person. That only the soul can feel it. It's the feelings of the soul and the comprehension of one's seichel. But on the external, with your eyes, your physical eyes, you don't really see any different. Okay, that's why Shabbos footnote test is called the day of faith. Because outwardly, you don't see anything that's happened. The klipos are still covering things. But only the souls are able to appreciate that. And that's something they can appreciate, things that aren't physically revealed. Remember, the revelation is not going to change the way something physically looks. But it's going to be the, the energies of holiness that your neshama will be able to comprehend that creates that physical reality. Okay. So therefore, he explains that Shabbos was only given to the Jew, not to the Goy. Chazal say a Goy who keeps Shabbos is Chayv Misa. Why? Because it's going to be of nothing. It's going to be a day of nothing to do. Only a Jew with a Jewish soul, which has the power to absorb the light, and you can come to recognize and feel the true divine truth that there is nothing but Hashem, and it gets stronger and stronger, that's something that a Jew will be busy working at on Shabbos. The problem of a day off is you have nothing to do. You just get yourself in trouble. But the whole avoda of Shabbos is so directed. It's directed to reveal this essence of Hashem throughout creation. And there's different parts of the Avod of Shabbos that brings this out. So we have plenty to do on Shabbos. We don't have time. We're not getting ourselves into trouble. We're getting ourselves into deeper truths. And that's why the gift of Shabbos can only be a gift for the Jews. The secular world does not have that type of soul that can feel this. Because this light of Shabbos is an inner light of spiritual grasp of creation and only a divine soul which Jews have can understand this. And that's what the Arizal tells us. The Arizal says the body doesn't change, but we get neshama yasera, we get added elements of soul, 
where the soul becomes a greater tool, a greater clee to absorb more of the light. Okay. And then parenthetically, the author in the footnote uh, 10 says, so who is the real person? What is the real person? He says, we know the body can only be understood as a garment. The body can't be the real person. And, and even the soul, he says, the soul gets bigger or smaller, depending if it's Shabbos or not Shabbos. So who is the real person that gets this new neshama? And the explanation is that certainly the person is his neshama. That is his essence. And now we got to ask, so what changes with the neshama on Shabbos? The only change is how much light goes into neshama. And any additional light that Hashem puts into his neshama is called the neshama chadasha, the new neshama, the neshama yeseris. Now, if you want to get a specific textbook definition of what is the essence of the neshama, we will say as follows. It is a clear ruchani, a spiritual vessel, Lor haloki to the divine light. Okay. In other words, even though the neshama is a spiritual entity, it doesn't live by itself. It's a spiritual tool that can receive the light of Hashem that flows into it at all times. So although the body is like a garment for the soul, but the essence is of the person is the soul, and the soul is just a potential, it's a tool to receive, comprehend, and grasp the divine light that flows into it. And therefore, that tells us there's different levels of soul. How many levels of the light are penetrating at that time? And therefore, that same soul can, can grasp more of Hashem pours more in in Shabbos. And therefore, the Yehudi, the Jew, receives on Shabbos a neshama yeseira, an extra soul, so to speak, meaning it's it's the utensil has more ability to feel the light of Hashem in a deeper way. So to the degree that a person has a higher amount of neshama, a more inner neshama, neshama that can contain more, and obviously you have to work on elevating that soul so you can now feel more. And therefore we're going to see, as we learned this Sefer, the main avoda in preparing for Shabbos is to expand the nature of our soul to elevate it that has the capacity to receive much more from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And uh, you can, it's possible to receive such a light of Amuna like broad daylight and to live with that throughout your life, okay? And therefore, everything in the world, now, once you understand that, you look at everything else in the world as a Kli of Hashem. Okay, we'll end it over there. Shkoyach, everybody. Shkoyach.